up everybody it's your boy Chaz Pearson and this is the outlet forum podcast with my esteemed co-host Chris Camello what's up Chris what up what up Chaz we got another great show for you guys this week is the Lakers front office and clutch sports at odds currently and who are some of the biggest winners and losers from this past weekend's all-star weekend in Cleveland and we got some of your favorite social media posts of the week not to mention, Chris, what do we do with this dunk contest, man? Mm. I mean, we'll get we'll get down to, into all that, but we got to start off with All-Star Weekend and just kind of mention, man, was it not some of the best stuff that you've seen in such a long time, Chris? I mean, from the Legends Brunch to Friday to, I'm not even going to mention Saturday night, but Sunday's game, it was a lot, man. How what were your takeaways? Yeah, I, I mean, everybody, it, it was a it was a great weekend. Uh, first of all, shout out to Cleveland, uh, a great host city. And everybody got to catch up with one another. Now, granted, not all 75 players were there. Uh, it was it was a gr- it was an amazing weekend to honor some of the game's greatest players. Some of them, of course, are no longer with us. R.I.P. Kobe Bryant, Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, just just to name a few uh, right then and there. Uh, but everyone got to get together and talk. And one of the guys that actually did some of the most talking was LeBron James, but it wasn't necessarily with his fellow legendary greats, Chaz. I mean, somehow, some way the Lakers and LeBron stole the, stole the show yet again uh, from this weekend. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of different stuff that was said, um, LeBron clearly took it upon himself. And this was actually dating back to, I think this goes back to the first time that he actually said something outwardly negative about the team. And that mm. was going back to a couple of weeks ago when the he deadline. was, when he was asked actually a week before that, when the Lakers were trounced by the Milwaukee Bucks, where LeBron said that the Lakers weren't even close to being on Milwaukee's level and doubted if they could even get there at any point. For the rest of this year so it started kind of there and LeBron has been talking I feel like to his teammates a la Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook through the media if not directly in the locker room and within their text threads um, outside of the office so to speak off the court and I feel like LeBron really took this weekend to not only lay out what he wants for not only his family including Bronny Mm -hmm. Um, but also laid out and put the squeeze on the Lakers organization and pretty much let them know that he's not happy with where the team is at. Now, let me just start off by saying this. In no way do I think that LeBron is unhappy being in Los Angeles, unhappy with being a Los Angeles Laker. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that he has any plans to go anywhere else anytime soon. Um, Soon meaning this year, or before next season, I should say, okay? And with that being said, the first thing I want to address that LeBron James said is that the thing that's going to get so much, that's gotten so much buzz and so much attention over the course of the last, I'd say, 48 to 72 hours was when LeBron referenced during the All-Star practice on Saturday um, and in a interview with The Athletic that he wants to play with Bronny, Okay his son, who is currently a junior, I believe, at uh, Sierra Canyon High School and is playing well and is, by all accounts, a potential prospect and is someone that has possibly an NBA body who's 6'4", who can defend, who can shoot, um, who can do pretty much all of the things. He just doesn't have a lot of splash to his game like his father did and like some of the other top prospects in his class have, but he's definitely a solid player. Uh, for those of you that have watched and have followed uh, Bronny James Jr. as well as the Sierra Canyon High School team, who also had Dwayne Wade's son on it, and so on and so forth. Um, LeBron has said that he wants to play with his son, and wherever his son is, that's where he wants to play his last year. Um, The Lakers are at least two years away from that, or I should say the NBA, because in order for Bronny to be able to come into the NBA, 
not only straight from high school, the rules would have to be changed. Right. And he's the class of 2024, which means that the Lakers would have at least maybe possibly and potentially two more years with LeBron. So I say all that to say, I don't think he's positioning himself to play anywhere else anytime soon. All I'm meaning this year or at some point before next season. But I do think that had something to do with him just positioning for his own son and wielding his own power and his own influence on the rest of the league, letting the league know that he wants his son in the NBA. I think that was the main thing. Yeah, that's, letting everybody know that he part wants of his son in the NBA and that he wants to give his son every chance to possibly be an NBA player. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, that's listen, anytime you have a chance to play with your son, we saw it. I mean, in, in our lifetime, I saw it one other time. I saw Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. together in Seattle when Griffey had just gotten when Jr. just got called up to to play with the Mariners and his dad was was there as well. And that I'm sure was a special moment. No question about it. So LeBron wants to have that sort of aspect. But like you said, we're talking what? two, maybe three years away. So he's a junior this year. Next year, he'd be a senior. He'd have to do one year in college or one year in the G League or one year overseas, right, before being eligible for the NBA draft. He cannot make a straight jump from high school to the NBA. Is that correct? Correct. As of now, unless, which there has been talks of, the NBA altering their one-year rule plan and allowing – high school players to come back in. It's been talked about, but we don't know just yet. Okay. So you have that aspect of it. LeBron's in year 19. He's 37 years old. He's still an elite player. He's still playing at an unbelievably high level for somebody that age, not to mention all the shouldering he's had to do for a Laker team. That's sub 500. What was so bizarre about this weekend, and you alluded to it. Yes, this is something that started to fester, started, you know, it started in the Milwaukee game. It carried through, uh, through the, uh, I'm sorry, through the trade deadline, Rob Palenka and the Lakers choosing to stand pat. Uh, Now you're hearing clutch sports was not happy with Palenka. You're hearing that LeBron got very nostalgic being in Cleveland. Chess, there was so much going on that could be on the surface three or four separate stories, but in one way or another, they're all sort of connected. So here's the thing. Is LeBron happy with the team? No, he's not happy with the team. He's not happy with the organization. And why should he? They're four games below 500. Would you be happy? Would you be no. happy being four games below 500? No, yes. I'm not, I'm not happy with this team and I don't play them. So. Right. And I'm not exactly. Nobody's happy. The fans aren't happy. The, the players aren't happy. The coaches aren't happy. The organization's not happy. This is a team that came in with legitimate championship aspirations. But now this is where when you start losing and you are expected to win, this is where all of those layers start to get peeled back. This is where things start getting leaked out into the media. This is where Clutch starts saying all these things like, hey, you know, we're not happy with Palinka either. Rich Paul starts leaking that out. Now, granted, Rich Paul is going to deny it. Of course he is. But, you know, this camp, LeBron's camp, tends to keep things fairly airtight, wouldn't you say? They don't want you to know anything unless they're purposely putting it out there. No, Rich Rich Paul and LeBron have done very well with being very, 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 very decisive in what they say, when they say it, how they say it. Mm who they say it to exactly how often they speak exactly yeah no those are all great points and i and i agree with you on that so yes there there are definitely some issues there however that being said rob palenka what i gotta give him credit for doing was first of all i said last week you cannot kowtow to your stars there's got to be that arm's distance where you got to put your foot down on things now russell westbrook I don't know how much of that was Rob's uh, uh, Rob's decision and how much of that was actually LeBron putting pressure on Rob and the organization. But hey, he he made it happen. He got Russ. What do you think it was? What do you think? In my in my personal opinion, that was more LeBron and AD. They're friends with this guy, or at least AD is friends with this guy. LeBron's competed against him. He knows him. I mean, I don't know how tight they are, but in any aspect. He clearly wanted Russell here thinking Russ was going to make a major difference on this team. That has not been the case. So 
Palinka, and like I said, he probably had a deal ready to go with Buddy Heald. He probably had a contract uh, uh, situation ready to go with DeMar DeRozan. Didn't happen. Oh, well. You know, he decided to go after Russell Westbrook. So, And now you're going to get on Rob for saying, well, you didn't do enough at the deadline. You didn't get John Wall. Okay, hold on a second. There are two things at play here, why we didn't make that deal with Houston. One is they would have forced us to take on more salary in the Christian in, in the form of Christian Wood and his contract. And Christian Wood's a pretty nice player, but now that mucks things up for the next couple of years. Second, we've now have to part ways with the only other asset that we have in 2027, and that's the first round pick. Not to mention, are we certain John Wall, who hasn't played all year, is gonna get us out of the nine spot in the Western Conference? No, I don't so, think so. So Russell so Westbrook Rob and John did the right thing. That's all I'm saying. So LeBron can't be upset at that when it was like, you push for us. It's not working. You want me to bail you out and, and mortgage what, whatever's left of our assets. And that doesn't make sense. That doesn't bode well for our immediate future. And it's and it may not make a difference on the basketball court. Yeah. So, I mean, the reports are, and this is how ridiculous it is and that, that it's gotten guys um, at this point currently, as I'm recording this within the last 24 hours, Rich Paul has gone on the record and wanted to be quoted by Stephen A. Smith, who went on first take on Monday morning and said that the reports that said that Rich Paul and Clutch Sports and LeBron James were pushing for Palenka to trade THT, a first round pick, as well as, I believe, who was it, Kendrick Nunn? Had to be, yeah. Possibly. All for Christian Wood and John Wall. John Wall and Russell Westbrook is a wash to me at this mm -hmm. point. Yeah. I would actually give the, the edge to Russell Westbrook because he's played more games than John Wall has. Yeah. Um, John Wall actually, has actually looked a lot better in the time that he has been in Houston than I thought he would have been. So, but it's still a wash to me overall. So, is it really worth THT and a first round pick and Kendrick Nunn to take back Christian Wood? I don't no. think so. No. Not for the flexibility that you want. So all in all, everybody knows, including Rich Paul, knows that that deal should not have been got, done, which is why he went out of his way to make sure that Stephen A. said on national airwaves that that is not true, that Rich Paul and Clutch did not push Palenka for that. Now, how did we even find out that that was even a, a possible deal that was on the table? For me, in my opinion, that's either coming from Palenka Rambis, somebody within the Lakers organization that Palenka has okay to give this information to, to put out there to let everybody know that there was a deal on the table that the Lakers had that they did not want because they knew that Clutch and LeBron and maybe even Anthony Davis were not agreed upon with what they should and should not do. Now, Rob did say that Anthony Davis and LeBron James were informed prior to not making any moves at the deadline. They were informed. Does that mean that they liked it? Doesn't necessarily mean that. But what that means is that Palenka did his due diligence, did not find a deal that was going to make the Lakers much better than they already were without mortgaging the future at the same time. Exactly. Now, LeBron James has been very passive aggressive. I was at the Rams parade on Wednesday when Les Snead was making his speech saying F them picks. And everything like that. Now, LeBron James then quote tweets a video or something like that and says, yeah, F them picks pretty much co-signing what Les Snead did and is also a passive aggressive dig at Palenka. Now, at the time when I read the tweet, I did not think it was passive aggressive. But then going back and thinking about what I said about LeBron knowing what he says, when he says it, how he says it, so on and so forth. He knows what's up. So it doesn't mean though the tweets, the, it doesn't mean that those tweets can't still be um, digested poorly by the public. Right. Case in point, right. the Reggie Jackson tweet. Exactly. Or even the, the comments that LeBron James has made about praising Colby Altman, the GM of the Cleveland Cavaliers, who yeah. has now done a great job with getting the Cleveland Cavaliers back to a, being a playoff team and a contending team quite possibly in the near future. So he's praising, he even praised Sam Presti over the weekend and his collection of picks and what he's doing with getting OKC back to possible prominence in the near future as well. 
Sam Presti has done a very good job at positioning himself to yeah. take on salary, to get more picks, to possibly have a war chess of assets to be able to get a transcending player. So I say all of that to say that LeBron James, number one, knows what he's doing. Number two, I don't think wants to go anywhere, but is using as much as he possibly can to get his organization to know that he's not happy and something needs to be done, whether it be at the deadline or this upcoming summer, regardless of if the Lakers win the championship or not. Now, for those that don't know, the Lakers actually have more assets to trade in the offseason than they do right now or they did before the trade deadline. Yeah. They could actually package their 2029 first-round pick as well if they wanted to this summer, if it was going to bring back a player that they actually wanted. They are going to have more at their disposal to trade as opposed to only having minimum contracts, THT, Kendrick Nunn, and one 2027 potential first-round pick. And, so, and Russell's contract, Westbrook's contract, will have a little bit more value because even if he opts in, that's one more de- one more year left on that deal. So if you were to package that off, it would be a little bit more attractive. But the thing is, THT... And an expiring deal. Right, exactly. And I said this about THT and Nunn. Wait until the season is done. There's a year left on Nunn's contract, and there's two years left on THT's contract. Maybe if Kendrick Nunn ever plays and THT ends the season on a high note, it might even have more value in the summertime. So I can't blame Rob for standing pat because there was no deal out there that didn't involve one of two things, giving out that pick and taking on more salary, not to mention it wasn't going to help you get out of this rut that you've been in all season long. So I can't in, in good conscience, blame him for not wanting to do that deal with Houston. It was a sucker's bet. I'm sorry. Here's, here's the thing that bothers me the most about this man. And this isn't even a debate. This is, this is just fact. It bothers me that, that the Lakers are the Lakers, right? And the Lakers are always going to be the biggest story. You have the 75 greatest players of all time this yeah. past weekend and i can't even leave the show talking about who those players are and how great the weekend was why because they, the lakers are in the, the news and lebron james is talking about even possibly potentially leaving the team and leaving the door open in cleveland saying that he can't close that door and wanting to play with his son and praising kobe alton and sam Presti and Les need so on and so forth there's just so much but at the end of the day what bothers me the most is that every single time with this team or even any other team for that matter, but specifically the Lakers, there always has to be this media scapegoat and blame game being played with every single show from first take to undisputed to Colin Cowherd with the herd to, to speak on it next to whatever show you want to talk about. There's always a blame game pie being thrown around. And I just hate talking about it because people take, positions that don't even make sense you had people like Kendrick Perkins questioning and blaming Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka going back three years as to why Magic Johnson left in the first place like they didn't win a 2020 ring to completely validate every decision that they made in the offseason of 2019 when they struck out twice not only with Tyron Lue and Monty Williams but got Frank Vogel and picked all these players that a lot of people didn't think we're going to make a whole lot of sense from Rajon Rondo to Dwight Howard to Avery Bradley to Danny Green. Missed out on Kawhi, mm-hmm. but somehow was able to get all of that together, go through the bubble, beat everybody in five games or six games if you're the Miami Heat, and win a championship and bring it back all in the same season that Kobe died. Yeah. How soon we forget yeah. what a great season that Jeannie and Rob and the Palenka, Palenka, the Rambi, I should say, Plinka, <laughs> uh, Genie, and all of everybody, the, the whole brain trust yeah. of the Lakers, the Bus Brothers. You, you, you got to, so yeah, you got to throw just, them in there. Yeah, no, I, 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 Chess, I'm in agreement on with you on that. And I saw your tweet and how heated you got on Friday when you posted that out. And it was a quote tweet of that segment on first take with Kendrick Perkins basically throwing shots at Rob Plinka. It's just nauseating, sh- man. It's nauseating, but that is the, that is the, the, the world we are living in now, my friend, here today, gone tomorrow. What have you done for me lately? That championship may as well have been 10 years ago, but that is where we are at. I remember when the Lakers were struggling in 2011. Phil Jackson just won 
the 11 championship and the fifth in the uh, for the Lakers franchise. And people were saying Jackson's lost the team. Jackson's got to be replaced. Jackson's got, I mean, it's just like, you guys are talking of a hall of famer, an 11 time champion, a guy that's coached some of the game's greatest talents and gotten or, uh, and gotten them on the same page. But that is where we are at. And that was sort of pre social media, but this is where we are at now. You make, you have one bad rough patch. It doesn't matter that you won a championship. It matters. What are you doing now? Let me ask you a question. If you had to choose between sticking with Palenka or, or getting rid of Palenka and choosing clutch, which is Rich Paul, LeBron James, AD and whoever else, right? Are you hitching your horse to the clutch wagon or the Palenka wagon? If you're a Laker fan and if you're in the position of Jeannie Buss, if it comes down to that in the near future. These agents, let me just say this, and Palenka is in this as well because Palenka was an agent. These agents have so much power now, and Clutch is a growing brand. Just opened a new women's division, and they added some elite talent, Asia Wilson and Chelsea Gray from from the Las Vegas Aces, just to name a few. They're growing, and they're going to continue to grow. So it that is a good question. I would say this. If Rob has the support of the organization, and I like to think Rob understands not just basketball, but also understands cap space and making the numbers work and being able to strike deals and not to mention finding guys through the draft. We're not even talking first rounders. We're talking second rounders, guys that could also be productive that you could even get some value out of on the court as well. And as well as in future trades, it's a tough call. I would go, <laughs> I would go with Rob right now. I, I personally will say that it's a hard call though. So, it's very so, close. So would I, it, it's not really hard for me. And here's the thing. We're going to find out who are Laker fans. It's hard because find of the powerhouse aspect. That's all I'm going to say. We're going to find out who are Laker fans. Aspect. Okay. We're going to find out who are LeBron fans. We, we already found out who are Kobe fans, right? The, the same people that hated LeBron, that hate LeBron being on the Lakers. Those are just Kobe fans, right? right? Somebody that puts the player before the franchise. Real fan, let me say this very, very clearly for those of you guys that are listening and don't understand. Real fans are fans that root for the team regardless of who is wearing the jersey. Exactly. Yeah. I know a guy who stopped being a Laker fan and decided to be able to become a Clipper fan because Kobe retired just sickening we got people that don't like lebron just because they were kobe fans i'm a laker fan so whether lebron james comes goes stays whatever i'm still gonna rock purple and gold and bleed that purple and gold day in and day out regardless of who's on the team you could take ad russ and lebron off the team and we could be the worst team in the league and i'm still gonna bleed purple and gold that's me everybody's not like that so i say all that to say at the end of the day LeBron James is big, but he's not bigger than the brand of the Lakers. And you and know, it's funny. Me, oh, God, good. Yeah. And for me, he would have to go if I had to pick between the two sides. But I, at the end of the day, it's not going to come to that. It's not. All of this is hogwash. He doesn't want to get, he doesn't want to leave. He doesn't want to get up and move. If it comes down to him playing one year somewhere else, so he plays with Bronny, great. But at the end of the day, he wants to be a Laker. And that's why he's here right now. And that's why he brought back a championship since 2010. Uh, excellent point. And, and I, I always say this, the brand of the Lakers, and you could also throw, throw the Dodgers as well as USC is not is bigger than any one player. You know what I mean? Did, did Laker fans stop showing up after Shaquille O'Neal was traded? No. Did Laker fans stop showing up after Kobe Bryant retired? No. I mean, that's just what it is, man. This brand is something. And you have a diehard fan base with the Lakers, the Dodgers, SC. And I think the Rams are starting to get there, but they're still, they still got some, they still got some catching up to do, even though the Super Bowl was definitely a a step in the right direction. But this particular brand is bigger than one man. I will definitely 100% agree with you on that. You know what I mean? And you could also apply the same thing in politics. You know what I mean? And I don't want to get into too too deep in that. But one of the things that I always said was the country is bigger 
than any one president. Because guess what? There's an America after a certain, uh, before a certain president, there's going to be an America after it. You know what I mean? That's just what it is. So enjoy the time that we have with these players in this era of success. And it, when it's time to move on, it's time to move on. That's just the nature of sports, you know? And if LeBron were to say tomorrow, this is my last year with the Lakers, then you know what? Hey, the debt was paid. He brought a championship back, tied us with Boston. You know, I would have liked more championships, but let me just say, say this one more point. Wilt only got one with the Lakers. Jerry West only got one with the Lakers. Elgin only got one with the Lakers. Gail Goodrich only one with the Lakers. Guess what? All four of them got their jerseys retired. And two of them of the names that I mentioned have statues out there on star Plaza and they are Laker royalty. Great points. All, all great points. I just, it's unfortunate that, you know, it's the rumblings are already starting and it's going to be a hell of an off season, regardless of if the Lakers are able to make a trade to appease LeBron or not, but either way they have LeBron under contract for one more year after this year. And it's not an opt-in it's a guaranteed year. Okay. They have the leverage LeBron doesn't, which is why he has to do all this petty bullshit that he do already does and his passive aggressive stuff within the media. I don't like it. I don't appreciate it personally, but it is what it is. And uh, Kobe did the same thing when he wanted out as well. So but he, he was just a little bit more direct with it also, especially uh, bringing it to Mitch Kupchak's doorstep. But what were some of your favorite moments from All-Star Weekend this past weekend? Talk about that next on the other side of the break. You know what? Here's to going for it. And being terrible. Here's to giving it a shot, even though your shot is uh, garbage. To being the queen of the court. Oh, maybe not this court. To feeling the burn, even if there shouldn't be a burn to feel. To trying your best, even though your swing is the worst. Here's to going down way harder than you get back up. To giving it your all. Even though you kind of suck. But you know what doesn't suck? <laughs> Trying to do something you've never done before. That doesn't suck at all. Not even a little. Welcome back to the Outlet Form Podcast. In case you haven't already done so, be sure to follow us on all major streaming platforms. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. We're on iHeartRadio. And of course, we are on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that five-star rating, please, and drop a comment. Let's get that dialogue started. You could also follow us on www.nightcastmedia.com. Go to the website. Go to the Shows tab. Click on the Outlet Form. That'll take you directly to our Apple Podcast page. Chaz, it was a tremendous weekend. One of my favorite weekends of the year, NBA All-Star Weekend, and a great transition after a Super Bowl weekend in which the Rams won a championship. We saw the parade. Then you go straight into the NBA All-Star Weekend. Host city was Cleveland. Uh, it was the, obviously this year is the 75th year uh, anniversary of the NBA. So they're honoring the 75 greatest players to ever play. And 25 new names are on there. Giannis, LeBron, Carmelo, Steph, just to name a few of them. And it was, it was just a, a really good weekend. The events were meh, I think. Um, you know, there were some highs. There were some lows. Um, but, and we're going to get into all of that. So let me just go over my highs, first of all. Carl Anthony Towns. I love the swag that he came into uh, the three-point shootout, calling out that he, he was going to win it. And guess what? He became the first big man since Kevin Love in 2012 to win the uh, NBA three-point contest. Shout out to him. I love how all the players were being honored. Um, I wish some of them were, were actually present, but I love how they were being honored. LeBron's game winner. No better fitting way to... Um, and the all-star game than to hit a game-winning shot in the building that you helped put together, that you put on the map, the house that LeBron built. He gets the game winner. 
And another favorite moment of mine, the LeBron and MJ embrace. That was historic. Two of the all-time greatest players. Some will say two of their top five ever got to embrace. There were plenty of lowlights. We'll get to the lowlights in a minute, but I wanted to ask you, what do you think of my list of highlights so far? And what were your highlights for, for, from the weekend? I mean, damn, you going to take all the good ones? No. <laughs> I, left, no. I left the Steph one for you. No, it was actually... Uh... <laughs> So it was just, uh, it was a lot going on this past weekend. I, I love the fact that, number one, it was All-Star Weekend. I'm always like a kid. I always feel giddy. I'm always super pumped up around All-Star Weekend. Don't let it be in L.A. again like it was in 2018. Um, you know, going moving around the city, going to this party, that party, this place that place it was it, it's a good time man it's what it's one of my favorite weekends sports weekends of the entire year super bowl weekend is not one of my favorite weekends um of the year championship sunday that's one of my favorite weekends um nfl okay. uh all-star week weekend um i always love christmas uh christmas day games uh, i mean i'm even really starting to get into uh the nfl's you know, Christmas, you know, Saturday games and stuff like that, or Christmas, you know, weekend. I wonder why Christmas well. missed us. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll drop a little biggie there for you. You always got to drop a little biggie in there, man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, it was, it was such a good weekend. I think that the thing that really stuck out to me, um, the main thing more than anything was Michael Jordan actually showing up mm. because I had heard rumblings that he was at the Daytona 500 earlier that day oh because he's got a car sponsored i think there right and he may and he may he may have been he wasn't there during the the photos before because i watched all the entire pregame stuff on tnt and i didn't see jordan in that room taking pictures with you know magic and you know larry bird wasn't even there no. and we'll get into who was who wasn't there and who was and everything like that but i think the number one thing for me more than anything more than lebron shot more than Carl Anthony Towns' great, you know, shooting um, exhibition or, or his shooting display, more than even Cade Cunningham's performance or even Evan Mobley's performance in the Skills Challenge. I mean, there are so many different highlights, but that moment of seeing LeBron James and Michael Jordan dap each other up. And not only just dap each other up, but, you know, hug and laugh and lean on each other and, and, and just having that kind of moment. Yeah. I immediately thought about it. Like, it was a great moment, but it, it turned very somber for me because mm. that was a moment to have the Holy Trinity. We talk about the Holy Trinity of the NBA on this show all the time. I don't care what list gets put out. I don't care who was on your Mount Rushmore. I don't care about the NBA's list of the top 75 or Bleacher Reports list or ESPN's list. The holy trinity of the NBA is Michael, Kobe, and LeBron in that order forever, okay? Until somebody comes along and takes their mantle. Everybody else after that, Kareem, Magic, Bird, Shaq, Duncan, Russell, Will, Russell, Whoever you want to throw in there comes after the Holy Trinity. And mm. to have that moment kind of ro just robbed from us of seeing LeBron and MJ there, but no Kobe yeah. was the greatest moment and the worst moment for me all in this at the same time, because I couldn't help but think what, what my man Bean looked like in that great blazer that everybody was wearing that Dennis Rodman actually discarded at one point on the stage I got <laughs> if you haven't seen that video go YouTube Dennis oh, Rodman man. taking off his jacket right before and then he was blatantly photobombing the banana boat crew and, and that was, photo blatantly pho that was awesome and even what, I, think what a great Steph, time, but I think Steph tried to bring him in but it couldn't but that's nah, what nah. It, it just it that is what makes that moment so special like for example Chaz you talk about Kobe not being there. The Laker legends 
even though Jerry West is very much in his feelings still based on the recent article he put out there in the athletic wishing he hadn't been a Laker and how he was mistreated. He still sat down next to Kareem with magic with LeBron with James worthy. And the, the five of them got together and had a moment and everybody was saying Laker legends, but also Kobe was missing and it just, it just eats at you. You know what I mean? Oh, and Bob McAdoo, the former Laker. I think he was on the 85 championship team. That was one of his last seasons in the NBA. He was in that photo op as well. And that's, and so you talk about it being somber. That's a great point. You know? So I think about that moment, that photo op that Kobe should have been in with the Laker legends. And then, and then you think about the moment that could have had LeBron, Jordan, and Kobe all together. That was, man. And we actually got to hear LeBron talk about that moment after the All-Star game in his post-game conference. There was so much chaos going on after we all kind of split. Um, I did not want to lose the opportunity to, uh, to shake the man's hand that inspired me throughout my childhood. Um, haven't had much dialogue with him in my 20 years or 19 years in this in this business, but part of me wouldn't be here without MJ's inspiration. Um, I always wanted to be like him growing up. Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy that the game winning shot tonight was a fadeaway and it was inspired by MJ. Um, you know, the way he wore his shoes, the way he wore his uniform. I mean, all the way down to like some of the cars that he drove, um, how much he inspired me. And, um, I didn't want to waste that opportunity because we're just, we're, we're just not in the, we're not in the same building a lot and haven't been in the same building a lot throughout my, my career. And, you know, it meant something to me. So LeBron talking about that moment for him, what it was like, why he even played basketball in the first place, what inspired him. I mean, the craziest part of that sound is that LeBron has actually talked about being inspired by MJ all the way down to the cars that he drove. The, the, the red and the black Ferraris that he that he would ride in and the shoes he would wear and how he would wear his uniform and just everything like that. Why he chose the number 23. I just thought that was so special for him to, to say yeah. at a time where the man is still probably in the building, you know, right. and to be that to be that great. And that humble at the same time, people don't give LeBron enough credit because really. At the end of the day, there's nobody, there was nobody else on that stage that could say that they were just as great as Michael Jordan. Nobody. LeBron can say that. LeBron can say that. Magic, very close as well. Kareem, very close as well. But nobody else that was on that stage could say that and actually have everybody else in the room feel it. So, for LeBron to be that humble and talk about somebody openly that he just got to talk to and talk about how, how inspired he was by him and, but still be that great at the same time, because he's not far off. Everybody says Le LeBron's two and Jordan's one, right? Nobody wants to give LeBron that edge. I hate, I actually like what Allen Iverson said. Everybody debates between Jordan and LeBron, but they forget Kobe. Yeah. You want, you want to go from Michael to skip Kobe and immediately talk about LeBron. Personally, Kobe's the best I've ever seen with my two eyes. Then it's Jordan, then it's LeBron. But that's just me personally. And everybody, it, everybody would argue. It's, it's a losing argument because you're comparing different eras. You're comparing different eras, and it could be difficult to make those comparisons. Like the best player in the 80s was, was Magic Johnson, right? I mean, Magic played 13 years in his career. Nine years ended in the NBA Finals. And five of those times were ended with championships. Like not many other people outside of maybe Bill Russell and a lot of those Celtics like Sam Jones and Bob Cousy, just to name a few. And of course, LeBron James could actually say they've been in the finals that many times. And the, what makes it crazy for, in Magic's case was he only had a 13 year career. Like LeBron's in year uh, 19, right? Magic only played 13 years. Nine of them were in the finals, but I hear what you're saying. And that's why Kobe does get overlooked. And I never really understood why, when he went to seven NBA finals, five championships, uh, ushered in a new era while still honoring the, the past greats. Like Kobe was really that hybrid that both eras. And this is very rare. You don't see this from many players. 
both of those eras, the era that he was coming out of and ushering in uh, that he dominated, that he was elite at, and both eras can say, that is our guy, right? Even Dominique yep. when uh, said it, and shout out to, to the human highlight film. When Kobe died, he said, we lost the last of one of us, one of the old generation greats with the mind, not just the talent, but the mindset and the competitive edge. And, you know, it was great seeing Vanessa there. It was great seeing Vanessa honor Chris Paul in, and as well as a WNBA uh, commissioner, Kathy Engelberg, they honored Chris Paul for the uh, NBA advocacy award. I thought that was great. It was great seeing Vanessa there. You could see the sadness on her face when Kobe was honored uh, as one of the 75 all-time greatest players. And obviously there were, so I, I want to talk about the, the low points of the weekend. And one of the low points, and I told you this, the amount of players that didn't show up. Now, obviously some of them are dead and gone. We know that. Wilt, I mentioned Elgin Baylor, Kobe, of course, RIP. Yes, we understand can't be in there. A lot of these other guys were showing on film and waving, and I thought that was just so gimmicky and poor. There was only, and then he, not even <laughs> Anthony David. And I, okay. They didn't, I, they, didn't, they, didn't do, they didn't do a really good job because they're like looking up. And they're yeah. Like, the, it way, was, the way that the, it was put on was just not, why, like, why would you look up? You're actually on the big screen. You should look down and, and, and wave to everybody, not and, up. But I, that's yeah, neither here nor there. Right. And, and I get it. Some of them are probably too old to travel to Colton. Like Earl the Pearl wasn't there. Okay. I get it. Um, Larry Bird wasn't there. That was a surprise. Scotty Pippen not being there. That was a surprise. Like, uh, you know, some of these other guys not being there. Russell Westbrook, I'm surprised he didn't make the trip out there. I mean, maybe it was the location. Was it Cleveland? Or if these guys weren't going to be part of the weekend, why are they even showing up? I, I mean, I, I just don't think there was an excuse to, to missing that. Even Anthony Davis, I told you, was a disappointment. Now, there was one guy who wasn't there that actually had a legitimate excuse and didn't even do the wave. That was Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's grandmother passed away over the weekend. So uh, rest in peace to his grandmother. And obviously thoughts and prayers are with the Durant family. That's a legitimate excuse for not being there. I think everybody else that inexcusable to me. I I, I disagree with you. I think Anthony Davis has a legitimate excuse. Um, He injured his foot, foot, ankle, whatever you want to call it on Wednesday evening. He had an MRI on Thursday the last thing you want to do is fly from LA to Cleveland and back. Not on a good Friday. excuse to me. I'm sorry. Hey, I, I mean, hey, that, that's your opinion. But me personally, you know what's more important than the 75 greatest players of all time? The next two months of the Lakers season. So for me personally, I think Anthony Davis had a legitimate excuse to not be there. Also, his goddamn foot hurts, bro. I'm not going to make this when man else are you walk around be? on crutches and. Nah, man, no, man. No, 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 no. He, he I, should. I mean, Lord willing, he'll be around for another 25 years. So when we do the greatest hundred players of all time, no. he might be in there. Maybe not. We don't know. But no. at the end of the day, I think that Anthony Davis has a legitimate excuse along with Kevin Durant. People like okay, Russell Durant, I, I, not so much. Okay. I, I, did you not hear what I said? I said, Durant I has said. A, yeah, I heard, I, I said, Durant has a legitimate excuse and I'm sure Durant, still would have actually shown up even though he was injured and whatnot. Like Draymond Green was injured. Draymond, Draymond Green's got a back no, and a calf problem. No, there's a problem. difference, Chris. Well, there's no. a difference. Yeah, you're reaching. Not to mention I'm Isaiah not Thomas. Kevin Durant had a sprained MCL two, three weeks ago. He's like three halfway through his process. Draymond Green has been hurt forever. He said it himself. He's three weeks away. Anthony Davis was hurt. Less than three days, two days before the when All-Star else, break. When else are you going to get these moments? If you're, if, the, you're, if these deaths haven't showed look, us anything, me, life look, is short. And Isaiah Thomas acknowledged that. If it were me personally, I, if I were Anthony Davis, would have gotten my ass to Cleveland to be on that stage with all of the rest of the great players around. I'm not in Anthony Davis's body. I don't know how bad his foot sprain and his ankle sprain is. I don't know how much hurt he's in. The last, and just medically speaking, the last thing you want to do, especially when your foot is swollen up to the size of probably a watermelon, is get on a plane in altitude and fly back and forth 
and be in that cold weather in Cleveland. You're crazy if you say that I'm reaching. I, they, I and Isaiah I just Thomas gave you said, four legit reasons okay. on why he shouldn't. Okay, and and they are valid reasons. However, at the same point, it was point 20 in time, degrees in Cleveland. It was, and that's why Donovan Mitchell didn't play. Donovan Mitchell came down with the cold, you know? So, I mean, uh, that's, that, that's what it is. So, yes, those reasons make sense on paper. But what Isaiah Thomas was saying was what I was thinking. He was basically saying, what, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, when else are we going to get this opportunity again? And it's not to be taken lightly. And you know how I know that? Look how emotional Chuck got when he was talking on the pregame about what it meant to be one of the 75 greatest players of all time. Or Giannis in his post-game. Yeah, Giannis in his post-game. Steph Curry in his post-game. Ray Allen, Reggie, all of them. Shaq talking about the Sarge, his stepdad, what an impact he had. But also the other great big men like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who called him out early in his career. And that kind of set the pace for, for for Shaq becoming one of the great champions of all time. You know, one of the most dominant big men of all time. So this is not to be taken lightly, in my opinion. And unless you're dealing with health issues, like serious health issues, like, you know, Earl the Pearl, I don't know if he's dealing with anything, but some of these guys that are in their 80s or whatnot, but even some of them like, yeah, but some of them were still there. Like Jerry Lucas was there. There was a guy, I think it was Bob Pettit or Paul Arizon that were walking in with with a cane. Bob, uh, Bob, Bob Pettit, Pettit was, was walking with, with Bob the McAdoo was there. Elvin Hayes How, was there. Yeah, I mean, not how was there. Uh, who, was, who was the one? Dave Bing. Dave Bing. You know, Dave one Bing, of the, Dave one. Bing was there. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Julie, West. Julie, Jerry West ain't exactly Jerry West young. Was there. Julius Irving ex- was there. Um, even Rick Barry was there. Yeah. I mean, you had a lot of the old, old timers there, and but you had some old timers that weren't. But at the end of the day, for me, I'm disappointed that Russ wasn't there more than anybody because number one, he's a Laker. Larry, number for me two, too. number two, to, to have a picture of him and Oscar Robertson together, who was also there, the yes. triple double, but like the, yep. that would have been a special moment, special Agreed. picture, especially both of them with the Blazers on. Um, and frankly, I felt like it was Russ trying to duck the media's questions that they're going to have all weekend about not being traded and, how bad the season's gone, coupled with all the stuff that LeBron was saying. And I believe it was his mom's birthday on Sunday. I think maybe that was the reason. I don't know. But either way, I was just disappointed that Russ was there. Oh, my god! Everybody is entitled to their opinion and do whatever it is they feel they need to do is best for them, whether it be Russ, whether it be AD with his injury, whether it be Bill Russell, who's old as dirt, but still found a way to do a video. I mean, I just – look, that's neat. That's neither here nor there for me. But uh, for if you are day, older it was a than great weekend, it was a great weekend. Here's the thing: if you're older than eighty, or you had a legitimate family emergency, in the case of Kevin Durant, no excuses. I'm sorry. If you're breathing, in the words of Sonny Corleone, I don't care how sick he is. If he's breathing, get him over here. I had a, I had a cold Godfather right there. You pushed me to that, Chaz. Gotcha. You pushed me I, to that. I got okay, you. I got another low light for me, and this might be a decade long low light, was the albatross and the massive disappointment that was the NBA slam dunk contest featuring winner, quote unquote, Obi Topin, Juan Toscano Anderson, Cole Anthony, and Jalen Green. So here's the problem those guys were just junk. I mean, the, 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 the execution, some of the ideas were all right. The execution was awful. I mean, these guys could not get a dunk off. That's why I kind of wish they would go, would go back to the time limit instead of this three attempt stuff. The judges you could see were visibly frustrated. The fans were frustrated. And there's two things that were that, that I wanted to point out. One Jalen green really sucked the energy out of that arena. Like it was already trending backwards, but his dunk attempt on the first one was absolute garbage, and it really just destroyed the energy. Second, I've never seen a dunk contest where nobody got a 50 in any of their uh, eight dunk attempts or whatever the case may be. I've never seen that happen. Wow, that's a great point. I didn't even realize that. Nobody got a 50. Nobody got a 50. I mean, you can blame the judges all you want. David Robinson had some low scores in there, and David Robinson, I mean, let's be honest, he never had an original dunk in his life. I mean, the guy's seven feet tall. But still, it, it led me to think of this, Chaz, that – 
they they've altered everything else. The rising stars game is no longer rookie sophomore. They've altered that. They altered the skill challenge with, with, uh, you know, guy, you know, um, uh, teams, they've altered the three point shootout with an all money rack and the mountain Dew ball. They've altered the game where you have a target score in the fourth quarter. So now the game is more competitive. The game is more exciting. They have not figured out how to fix this dunk contest, but you know what? Stephen A. Smith has a legit idea. And I want you to hear it before you react. I am proposing on national television, a national slam dunk tournament nationwide, all throughout the cities, throughout America. And we find based on that competition, the top 10 dunkers. Okay. And then ultimately you find like five to seven of them pick the best five to seven of them based on the slam dunk competitions. We win. We witness rather, and we get the NBA players to sponsor. I'm not talking about monetarily, but I'm talking about the support out of those seven, which ones they want to pick or what have you. You keep the players involved, but they don't have to participate in the dunk contest. We get cats off the streets, off the streets in the park. What do you think of that? A national amateur championship sponsored yeah, by the NBA and their, and their players. I'm what? out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Here's the thing. Here's, here's how you fix the dunk contest. The NBA dunk contest is just that. The NBA dunk contest. You have to play in the NBA in order to be a part of this contest. So, for one, that is the reason – the primary reason why I'm out on the whole amateur tour, everything like that, get the YouTube dunkers in. No, those are not NBA players. So I want to start by saying that that is the reason why I'm out on that. Secondly, and most importantly, you have to get better players to do this. You have to entice them, incentivize them. Adam Silver said, even after the dunk contest, when he was on, uh, NBA, or talking on Sunday before the All-Star game with the inside the NBA crew that, hey, these guys are, they volunteer for it. Some of them don't want to get hurt. He admitted that some of them have said they don't want to be embarrassed. Um, there are dunkers like um, Anthony Edwards who said, yo, I may be a great in-game dunker, but I don't have those dunks like that as far as do all this behind the back, over between the legs, spin around. He's not that kind of dunker. So I actually appreciated the fact that he didn't enter the dunk contest because he's he's self-aware, right? Sure. We have some people that want to do the dunk contest that are not self-aware. Yeah. Oh, no, that's, a, that, that's a good that's a good point. Trying to junk in Timberlands. Are you get out of here with that? Yeah. Everybody has so many. See, here's the thing. Everybody got so many gimmicks and so much stuff that they're not even actually practicing the actual duck. Well, yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to bring out this person. I'm going to bring out that person. I like what somebody said on the radio today. I forgot. Who, uh, I mean, Al Hassan. He said on Sirius XM Radio that if you're a rookie, you cannot have a rookie throw the ball for you. Because that moment with all of those people looking and on TV and everything like that, Jalen Green and the rookie player, I forgot who the, what the guy's name that was throwing the ball to him, they both wilted beneath the pressure. They yeah. felt that pressure. So that's why Jalen Green could never get a dunk off because the guy that was holding the ball was nervous and he kept moving the ball over and over. And Obi Toppin actually won by default. He actually had the best dunks. He just missed. He just didn't make them on his first try. Yeah, but, but that's... he won by the default and rightfully so. But man, that that dunk contest, I, I don't know how you fix it. But you incent you have to incentivize the player somehow. And but I do also look at the fact that a lot of the good dunks are taken, man. 
That's what Dwayne Wade was saying during during the like, telecast. Like it's getting so much harder to be creative because yeah, it's been it's been it's been, it's been too been many years. To, it's been over forty years since yeah. the dunk contest was actually started in the NBA. So I mean, we've seen everything from. I mean, I thought I would never see somebody jump from the free throw line, let alone windmill from the free throw line, let alone Zach Levine through the legs from the free throw line a few years ago against uh, Aaron Gordon. So I mean, we've seen it all. It's really hard to say. I don't have a fix. All I know is that I don't like Stephen A's fix because they are not NBA players. Yes, but that's where the NBA comes in, sponsors these guys, and it, it just would entice it. Or actually, my brother came up with an, an, an interesting idea. He said, what if you did NBA versus G League, guys? Maybe do something like that with the incentive aspect. I don't know. Three on three. They, I mean, they did the three on three for the skills challenge. But one, one more shout out to Steph Curry, 50 points, 16 threes, the first ever recipient of the Kobe Bryant trophy for the uh, NBA all-star game MVP, the newly designed, the newly designed Kobe Bryant MVP trophy, which was awesome. And I know he, he said him and his wife really wanted that trophy. And and that's one that he's definitely going to be proud to put up there to honor the late great Kobe Bryant, who was an all-star game legend. And uh, it couldn't have gone to a more fitting person in, in Steph Curry, but I can't uh, believe that. I can't believe that I, didn't, I haven't even mentioned Steph yet. I talked about Jalen green before I did Steph about this weekend. Um, what, Steph, what did you think of Steph? Steph? I was literally jumping up and down on my couch. Could not believe that he was hitting some of the shots that he was hitting, not only in that moment, but just how big that moment was like, to hit a shot at half court and not even look at it go in in the all-star game with all of the 75 greatest players watching the game mm. is just the most nails thing I had seen along with LeBron James's uh, clutch fadeaway shot. Those two yeah. put on the best show between, between the shot that LeBron took and the shots that the shots plural that Steph was taking between the half court one, the, the step back one that was from the hash uh, even the corner one where he turned his back and was starting to play to the crowd and counting his fingers. It was just, it was great, man. I, I It's hard to root against Steph. And even when he yeah. was in the finals winning those championships, it was hard for me to root against him at that time because he's just so good for the game. Man. Yes. Yeah. No, no, that's a great point. And I mean, a lot of guys played well in this game. LaMelo played good. He was part of the comeback for team Durant down the stretch. Surprisingly MVP. stayed in the game the whole fourth quarter. Yeah. And, and Levine, like you mentioned, he was kind of helping him. Embiid, I'm convinced had team Durant won, no doubt in my mind, Embiid is getting that MVP trophy and uh, no doubt Jared, he played well. And Jared Allen and Giannis started to get things rolling. I mean, Allen came up with like three or four big offensive rebounds. He, he kept Embiid in check. Giannis started to make the game more competitive. By the way, a quiet 30 and 12 for him, uh, along with six, and, six assists. I just love that kid's motor, man. The Greek freak is something else. But there was a lot to be proud of this weekend outside of the couple things that we mentioned. And you know what, Chaz? Social media, you know as well as I do, was blowing up the, during this weekend. My favorite part of the show, baby. Yes, sir. There was so much social media stuff going on on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, hell, even Facebook. I saw some funny stuff relating to All-Star Weekend as well as the Lakers. But my social media post of the week has to do with being a little petty, right? Because I have to point out what Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce looked like when Ray Allen walked up on the stage with LeBron James and dapped up LeBron James. That is my social media post of the week that comes from Cuffs the Legend, uh, a friend of LeBron James, who said, KG and Paul are dying inside. This is 50 Cent Petty level, Miami Heatles for life, fire emoji. And just watching KG's face looking up, trying to look away from Ray Allen coming on, and dapping up LeBron James, pretty much seething over it. Obviously, you can see to this day that the Celtics' big three don't like Ray Allen still for leaving them and going over and playing with LeBron and winning a championship with LeBron and having 
an opportunity of a lifetime to be a part of both of those teams. So I think that's my social media post of the week. I'll never get over KG's face wearing this blazer, licking his lips and having that face uh, when Ray Allen got on the stage. What was your social media post of the week, my man? Well, let, let me just respond to that one real quick. Yes, that was a classic because you kind of see Garnett not making any eye contact with Ray and Pierce is kind of given like one of those half claps that you don't it's a salty clap it's a salty clap but it's also one of those claps where it's like should i clap or should i not clap is this a clap to moment here i'll just do it lightly and then he sure as hell didn't and then you see lebron like hey ray what's up man what's going (laughs) on man (laughs) exactly Uh, (laughs) and not to mention by the way one more thing about that kendrick perkins posted up a picture on ig with all three of them taking a photo together now whether Ray just popped into the photo op and then bolted or whether there was an actual conversation between the three of them that remains to be seen, but KG, I'm sorry, Perk did post that picture of the OG Celtics, big three on that. But uh, let me get to, let let me get to mine. Um, Mine had to do with the Lakers. So comes from Omar Siddiqui at OSID 24. And it's pretty funny state of the Lakers. And it's the Spider-Man pointing fingers at one another. There's like 15 of them. And it says magic genie, La GM, Kurt, Linda, uh, Lakers, Twitter, Vogel, Palenka, Russ. And there's a Spider-Man in the middle with his hands over his head, not knowing what to make of it. Oh, great stuff from Omar Siddiqui, because that really was like we were talking about earlier, state of the Lakers this weekend, so much blame to go around. And really the last couple of weeks where everyone's been pointing fingers and, and sharing the blame game. So much, so much stuff. Well, that'll do it for us on this week's edition of the Outlet Forum Podcast. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, at the Outlet Forum, and follow me personally at Chaz Pearson on Twitter and at Chaz P on Instagram. Chris, where can they follow you? Follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Camelo. I'm on Instagram, Camelo one Uh, Facebook Camelo's Corner by Chris Camelo. Be sure to download and follow all our podcasts on all major streaming platforms, as well as www.nightcastmedia.com. Go to the shows tab and find our Apple podcast page there. Great stuff, partner. Great stuff. As always, we'll get at you guys next week when the Lakers get back to playing the second half of this season. Until then, y'all be well and have a great week. Peace.